Hello everyone, welcome to episode 907 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves has returned for 2021 in Chicago, kicking off Thursday, September 23rd, and running through Sunday the 26th at Metro, Smart Bar, and G-Man. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for suicide prevention charities. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we're chatting with Sunday Metro performer Jason Corbett. This is Actors.
the last time we spoke, I think it was what Cold Wave Seven, maybe. Um, we were talking about how when it will come to you was built. It was basically a, a series of singles before they all combined into the album format. And it, it looks to me like you're continuing with that successful process. You know, you've already put out the three singles so far. Love You More, Strangers Like Suicide. I think you said you have another one coming up. So tell me about continuing that process where it sounds like you're just sort of building a song at a time. I was working on the album um, and talking with the label. I didn't want people to have to wait through the pandemic. We wanted to kind of gauge it so the record would coincide with us returning to touring because obviously that's going to be the best way to promote a record and to make sure, you know, you're capitalizing on your sales for, you know, merchandise and, and everything. So, you know, it made sense, but I wasn't comfortable with just leaving our fans hanging for another extra year on top of things when I had some of the songs finished. I just thought, you know, now's a good time to be putting some music out into the world and, and we're close with a lot of our fans. So we talked about it and it was like, well, it didn't hurt us on the last record. So maybe let's kind of continue in that tradition and, and give people a chance to emotionally attach and get involved with actively listening to some of these songs before the record's out. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's sort of like you, you stay in people's minds every few months instead of getting that one hit from the album and then disappearing again, especially as you mentioned, since nobody's able to tour right now. Yeah. And it really was kind of an experiment, right? Like I think traditionally, you know, people will release a single and then like a month later, release another single, then a month later, another single, and then they put out the record. That seems to be a little more common. And what I found was, by the time the band was releasing the third single, the first single hadn't really sunk in with me yet because I think people's attention spans are short. But also, you need to see things pop up on your radar a few times before you kind of really invest the energy to 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 look and listen. And, and, and then once you have kind of delved into the single, then, you know, it's great. Like, we're supported by a lot of DJs who do a lot of Twitch streams and before it was clubs, you know, and I thought, well, let people dance to that song a little bit first and create some emotional ties to the song. And, um, and it gives each song its, its, uh, its due process, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to do it like for every song on the record. Um, um, but yeah, we, we have one more single coming out. And then after that, um, the record's coming out in September, the full record. Even only just having one, full length out right now your your font seemed very distinctive and for the for the new singles on this new album i noticed that it has this really cool iconic style where the lines in the t you know crosses most of the letters who came up with that and and tell me the story behind that because i feel like it's it's really well done i really like it i'm not sure if 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 everyone like our fans know um but shannon is a really talented artist and graphic designer um, she's a tattoo artist. She designed that logo. And um, we just felt it was time for, even though we kind of just established ourselves with that with the with the first record, we want to kind of like just switch gears just enough that it, it felt fresh and it wouldn't be confused with 
any older material. And uh, Shannon's got a great style of, uh, she does like this, these handwriting fonts that she does. And she basically just wrote that out and then made a logo out of it. We were really excited about it. And uh, yeah, it just felt like it was time, like with the new record, we want to, we want to give people a bit more, you know, like, I've grown as a producer, as a songwriter. We, we've really solidified as a band from all the touring and our identity feels much more grounded. And we wanted the logo to represent a little, a little more of that kind of electricity that's in the new record. You have a new band member, Kendall. Has she even gotten to play a, a show yet since she joined the band? No, no. Um, and it's been such a lead up that... It's like she's so excited and just like now that all the dates are being announced, it's like it's actually happening. Yeah, we um, I first I didn't know who Kendall was. I saw her on a post someone made on their Instagram of her playing a solo show here in Vancouver. She did like a guitar loop uh, and then played the lead part and then sang Porter's Head, the rip which is one of my favorite songs of all time, never mind just the Portishead song. And I saw it, and she was decked out in black, and I thought, wow, she would be the perfect guitar player for for Leathers, which is Shannon's project. And so I cold-called her on Instagram. I just, like, messaged her. I said, hey, um, you, you probably don't know me. I'm a producer. Don't worry, I'm not a creep. Uh, you know, you can check with Shannon uh, you know, <laughs> she can vouch for me. I'd love to bring you into the studio and record a, a cover of the rip after seeing that performance. And she came to the studio and she was just decked out in black again, looked great and sat down and we started recording this song and she was so talented. Like I was very impressed. After that, I introduced her to Shannon and then her and Shannon became really good friends. And you know, she was going to be the guitar player in Leathers. And then I thought, well, I thought it was kind of really spur of the moment. But with the pandemic and with Jamil having moved away and and uh, and being in Winnipeg, which is quite far. I thought, well, now's the time to make that shift and that move. And I really wanted to invest in her future as a musician as well. You know, she's probably really pumped to actually get on stage and play in front of a crowd with you guys. Oh, absolutely. Like, she teared up when I asked her to join the band. Like, she's a fan of actors. And, and, um, you know, we've rehearsed and right out of the gate. So when she met, she met Adam on set for the Strangers video. She literally showed up to do the video playing bass to this song. And she had never met our drummer, Adam. And she performed like a champ like right away she just like hit the bass stance and started playing i was like we really got lucky with this one she's she just fit right in speaking of music videos that uh i i love the the love you more the zombie video that that looks really super high budget and it really took me back to all those you know those mid to late 1980s music videos that were basically short films that was you know I've worked with um, the director of that. His name is Peter Reek. And he's also a musician. His band is Humans and also Gang Signs. 
and Adam plays in Gang Signs as well. I produced the last Gang Signs record. I also produced uh, some Humans tracks, and we just become friends over the years. He's a super talented guy. Like he's he's directed a movie, wrote and directed a movie called Dead Shack, which is like a kind of like a zombie comedy. It's a really cool kind of. It's lower budget, but it's just done so well. And uh, he really came to mind for that song. I thought, you know, right out the gate, let's. I was going to ask him see if he would do the video, and he basically just like went for it. He said, yeah, I'm going to do this zombie kind of vibe. You cool? That? I said, yeah, for sure. Surprise me. And he just delivered that video. I was like, wow, really impressed. He called in a lot of favors for that video. It would have been way out of our budget to do. And then we got lucky. I reached out to another Vancouver director, Wayne Morehart, because I had seen a, a video that he did for our label mates, uh, Spectres, that I really liked. And um, he's been a joy to work with. So we've, we've done, uh, we're going to probably do half a dozen videos in total with him. And um, he just bangs them out and just nails a really great aesthetic. So we've been really fortunate. I've, I've wanted to do a video for every song so of the album. So we'll probably end up doing 10 videos in total.
So uh, I'm not sure if this was a, a COVID thing or not, but you put out a, a super limited edition puzzle that was a black and white band shot. <laughs> uh, I By the time I saw it, that thing yeah. was gone. That looks like a very difficult puzzle. Did you hear back from any of the purchasers if they were able to complete it or, or what, what the time length was? Because that, <laughs> that just looked impossible to me. Um, yeah, I've only seen... I, I, th- I think only one person's finished it. And, and, and they did it, I think, like in a few days. Um, but yeah, no, it's crazy. Because we didn't realize there was going to be so much black. <laughs> so it's like... You, you know, you've got the band, but then like probably a third of the whole border of the of the puzzle is just black pieces. So you just have to blindly fit these black pieces together. And it like I think it's like a five hundred piece puzzle. Like it's no joke. We did the really limited edition. They sold out in like fifteen minutes. It was very funny. I mean, I feel like that that's one of the funnier fun things of COVID. But I mean, y- you guys had so much band momentum going into the beginning of last year. I I mean, how, how painful was it for you guys to have to postpone all the, I, I think you guys were going to Europe and doing other stuff and it just seemed like everything was, was really going well for you. So tell me about, you know, going into March last year and how much that sort of messed you guys up. The first few weeks, like the first month or so, I was kind of bummed out. Um, I'm, a, I, I'm a big fan of modern English and, you know, I saw the movie Valley Girl as a, as a child and the song melt with you kind of it's probably the the prototype like song of like what i would base an actor's arrangement around like it was it's been very influential to me and you know the singer emailed me personally and was like we want actors to come out and do our north american tour with us and logistically we could only do half of it but even still it was like it got canceled right and we had a great a great show for South by Southwest. We were going to be playing with VNV nation outside of Dusseldorf for, you know, to like 3000 people. Like there's all these really fun things happening that kind of came to a halt. But after the first month I realized, you know, I'm a really strong believer in things happen for a reason. And, you know, every cloud has its silver lining because every time something bad any anytime there'd be any type of obstacle with actors something else opens up so i basically chose to focus on the good and not and not the negatives of it and so that's why we hunkered down did the videos uh i got to spend way more time on the record which i think really helped me grow as an artist and as a producer and the mixes and i think that sophomore slump that people talk about like it's going to be the opposite with us i think I think our new record is just going to be a really, really special time for us. So, yeah, it was hard at first. And I'm not going to lie, we are itching to get back out now. But um, we're, we were all in the same same boat together, all the musicians, right? Like, all of us came to a, a screeching halt. It wasn't just us. So. so for Cold Waves, you guys performed for the first time at Cold Wave 7 when when Jason and Kelly went big and they, they did the New York one, the Chicago one, the LA one. I was in New York and LA. I got I got to watch from your first song to the last song, watching everyone who weren't really sure, sure of you guys at first really get into it. You know, the smiles on everyone's faces. Uh, I, I managed to get a Cold Wave's pedal print from Shannon when, when they were raising money during COVID. 
And this year, you, you're you going to have your sister band, Bootblacks, on the same stage as the same night when they played last year when you guys had a conflict. So tell me about being part of the family and, and coming back to the stage this year. You know, it, it's... Um, uh, Yasek from Artifact Records, he had sent our record to Jason Novak um, before he had heard of us. And I, I kept on asking Yasek, I was like, you know, get on cold waves. We really want to play cold waves. Cause when I saw cold, cold waves being advertised the year before we played it, I was like, I said to the band, I was like, could you guys imagine playing a show like this? It would blow my mind. And then flash forward less than a year later. And Jason Novak calls me and he's like, Hey, I just listened to your record for the first time about an hour ago if i'm this is if i'm recalling correctly i think he had just listened to it he's like i want to offer you guys a show uh you know playing cold waves and but he was still i felt he was kind of a bit gruff with me you know and and then i met jason in person before we played our set and again like he was a little bit like i didn't really get a really warm vibe from him actually i was like wow this guy is pretty intense but obviously, you know, he's running a festival or whatever, right? So, and then we played, I get off stage, I'm all sweaty. And he kind of, I was coming off the stage and there was like a little stairwell to go to the green room. And I kind of met him up, met up with him in that stairwell. And he grabbed me and gave me a hug. And he kind of cried in my ear. And I thought he was mocking me. I thought, what the fuck? Like, he's... He's saying like, oh, you guys were great. I thought he was being, I thought he was being facetious and like, <laughs> and then, and then the other people from the festival were like, oh no, Jay like literally started crying during your set. Like you re- it really touched him. And I was just floored. I just couldn't believe it. And, and kind of after that, we, you know, and then we saw each other in Chicago and then we saw each other in LA. And by the end of LA, it's just like, it felt like we were family and, um, him and his wife and his daughter, like just, they've just been so wonderful. And it's like, I, I count them as friends and it, it just goes to show, like, you never know, just never know what's going to happen. Right. Like we were in LA, um, eating at his restaurant, uh, at the poke restaurant. And I said, you really have to get this band bootblacks on your, on the festival. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I got everyone booked. And I was like, you can ask, like, you can even ask my bandmates. I was like, no, Jay, you have to book Bootblacks. They're rad. Like, whatever you think they sound like, like on stage, they rip it up. They're a pro. He said, there's a woman in the band. You're representing. It's awesome. And then he messaged me right after they played. And he texted me. He's like, dude, they delivered. They're rad. And then for us now to come back and be on the same stage playing with our, you know, quote, sister band, it just, it just feels amazing. I mean, I also thought, you know, if, if everyone keeps saying like the bootblacks and actors, they like to play together, they're friends. I was like, if, if they like each other, they got to be good. And I remember listening to the records and liking them. You know, what was interesting, I first saw them um, at a festival in Portland. We played together and I was at the merch booth and I had seen them online because Barrett, the keyboard player, and I were roughly about the same height and we both kind of had the same look at the time same kind of haircut, same leather jacket, everything. And we found out like people would be like, 
hey, nice set, they'd say to me after seeing Boot Blasters, they thought I was Barrett or vice versa. It was, it was really funny. But before I'd actually met them, um, I was at the merch booth at this festival and then I heard them play. I thought, like right away, my ears peaked up. I thought, oh, this isn't your generic, you know, goth band or post-punk band. I'm like, they're doing something different. And I really liked it. And then I didn't really get to, to talk to all of them. And then we ended up playing again together for uh, WGT in Leipzig in front of a massive crowd and we shared the green room and that's when Panther and I the singer started talking and um, we kind of hit it off and and then I said hey we're going to be coming to New York um, let's book some shows together and and then I thought oh man what if we hate these guys because you know we're as friendly as we are we can be very private as well and we just hit it off with them and it just became apparent, like just their their intellect, their sense of humor, their kindness, their humbleness. It's just something that um, I felt like maybe as Canadians <laughs> we could really uh, relate to. And uh, then they came out. I said, "Hey, you got to come out to Vancouver to do your record." And I introduced them to Yasik, and you know they they get ended up getting signed to the same label, and and it's just been a really wonderful, natural, organic process. And um, it makes me feel makes me feel really great to have uh, a band like that that we're close to and, and can share in the experience on so many cool things, you know. I also have to commend them on how seriously and meticulously they recreated the introduction to Perfect Strangers while they were in Chicago last year or the year before. They're just rad. Like I'm, I'm that's that's probably what I missed the most during the pandemic is I missed Boot Blacks. You mentioned that, you know, you have one more single, you got the album coming out in the fall. Obviously, you got a lot of touring dates coming up. You have, you know, Shannon's band, Leathers. Uh, was there anything else that, that's going on that you wanted to mention? No, I've just, you know, I've been really fortunate is that during the pandemic at, at my studio here, Jackknife Sound, you know, I've been doing remixes for artists. I've been producing artists. I'm working with a, a couple different local artists, one by the name of Louise Burns who's a talented producer in her own right and also a uh, great songwriter uh, working with a band called Frankie. That's with two eyes at the end and then an E. Um, I'm doing their uh, second full length record right now. And um, yeah, it's just, I've just been keeping really busy and, and leathers has a full length on the way. And uh, yeah, just, it just, baby steps one day after the other you know it's like just how do we keep creating what we love to create and sustaining and helping uh helping things grow in any way we can maybe i've been putting the blinders on and like just overly positive because it's been a pandemic but it's uh it it's been better than just you know feeling down and wallowing in in, in circumstances that i can't change personally you know so it's just been really positive and we're just so excited to get back out and meet a bunch of our uh, new fans and, and reconnect with people we've met on the road before. It's, it's a really special time for us and we're very excited about it.
On this episode, you heard Love You More, Strangers, and Post-Traumatic Love. Actors can be found at actors.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Sherry Berry from Void Vision. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here's Jamie's mom, Pat Duffy, a.k.a. Mama Kid, sharing one of her memories. Did I ever tell you the story about the night he got off of work and it was near Halloween and he came across a girl, he was walking home. He sees this gal kind of uh, sitting on the curb, sobbing, and there's three or four guys there and they're just kind of looking her way. You know, he stopped and asked her what was wrong. And she said that she was from the suburbs and she'd come into the city to go bar hopping with her girlfriends. She lost her girlfriends. She lost her purse. She lost her keys. She lost her phone. And it's like 3.34 o'clock in the morning. And Jamie said, well, you know, you can't stay here because there's those guys up ahead. And I don't like the way they're looking at you. And he tries to get her to come home. And of course, she doesn't know him. And he recalls his grandfather telling him that if you go, if you've ever lived in Chicago, you can go anywhere in the world and walk into any place and say, hey, anybody ever here, you know, anybody here ever live in Chicago? If you spend enough time with them, you'll find out that you two know the same person. Chicago is just a very big little city. He so he started with, you know, of course, all the bars that he hung out, you know, places that he worked, anything in the city that they could possibly relate to. 40 minutes later, 45 minutes, you know, he goes, I'm working my way out to the suburbs. And he said he was really reaching. And then finally he says, do you know anybody from Palatine? You know, and she said, I know one guy from Palatine. And she says this guy's name. His first name was Dave, and I can't remember his last name. And Jamie says, and he worked at the comic book store and, you know, starts rattling off things about this guy. And her eyes light up and she said, yes. And he goes, my mother went to a Nine Inch Nails concert with him and even met his parents. And he goes, now that you know that my mother knows his parents and you and I all know the same guy, will you please come back to my apartment and lay on my couch so I can go home and go to sleep? And she said, "Okay, fine. So he takes her back home. He, you know, lets her sleep on the couch. He throws her, you know, some old Levi's and a T-shirt. Of course, he calls a locksmith who comes out and Jamie pays for a key for her to be made so she can go home.